Welcome back to the Irish Bear Show. We are here again on a Thursday evening over here in the beautiful Ireland. I'm in Dublin. Anthony's still in Clare. It's not quite sunshine today anyway in Ireland. No, not yet. It's a typical summer day where it's pissing out of the heavens. Absolutely. <laughs> but we have Mike Carmen with us today. Again, I guess any weather is probably better where you are than we could possibly be because it's been lashing rain all day. How are you doing today, Mike? I'm doing great. It's uh, upwards of 80 degrees and it's going to get hotter over the weekend. Humidity in our in our part of the world. <laughs> yeah, lucky lucky for some, I guess. But uh, look, it seems, it seems like now every single time we kind of start the show, I, one of the comments I always like to see, Bradley is always the first one in there to say bear exactly. down. So that, that's always Go on, Bradley. <laughs> that's good always job, Bradley. in a good mood. Don't know but look, Bradley, but I like him. Yeah, absolutely. Look, Mike, we got you on today, and I know you cover a lot of kind of the Big Ten, Purdue in particular, right. um, but also you're a season ticket holder for the Chicago Bears. So I guess to start off, like, how long have you been a, a season ticket holder for the Bears? Probably started 25 years ago. Uh, they used to offer uh, for, for people that were on the waiting list and then – when, when openings came, they used to offer like four games a year to, to some people. And then uh, when the Bears got really bad, a lot more people dropped off. And then I, <laughs> I, I, I jumped on. And then obviously when, the, when they built the new stadium, had the opportunity to buy personal seat license and uh, we just continued it and uh, just really enjoy it. It's a, it's a great day. It's only two hours from my house to the parking lot. And, you know, it's just, it, it makes it just a great day, no matter what the weather, no matter what's going on. It's just, just a fun day to, to, to be able to do that. Yeah. We're, we're just coming off kind of the NFL draft. We've seen kind of rookie mini camp now. I guess, I guess, what is it like for you where you would cover a lot of kind of these college teams and then seeing some of those players, especially this year, because it was one or two of the Purdue guys that were fairly high, draft picks, you look at kind of Rondell Moore there, but what is it like for you covering players that maybe you've seen in college and now suddenly they go into the NFL and you get to kind of project where they're going to be? What What's that like for you when you get to kind of see some of those players from an early age and then make that next step? Well, it's, it's enjoyable because I uh, was able to, I wasn't the main guy covering Purdue back when Drew, B, Drew Brees played, but you know, every time he would come to Chicago and I was able to go to his game, you know, to the game, you just, oh, yeah, that's that's Drew Brees. He, he did the same thing at <laughs> Purdue. And you come across players that you covered in the Big Ten um, on a weekly basis and just to see how they've, you know, grown up and matured and, you know, improved their skill set uh, by being professionals is, is just, you know, it's remarkable to see just the progress that they they continue to make and how seriously that they take it and you know it's, it is a job it's a it's a full-time job for them but it, it's just remarkable seeing seeing their athleticism in person and especially some of the quarterbacks that i remember one game you now this probably won't be a great memory for bears fans but you know rex grossman who was he was he was as, as lovey said he's our he's our he's our quarterback uh but just where my seats are he was standing like at the 40 yard line going going into the uh, south end zone and 
just the the spiral and the tightness on the ball and the velocity of the ball for him to 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 watch that whole play unfold and for him to be on the money with the throw was just you know it's just it's it's fascinating to watch and I, I don't get too hyped up about plays and stuff like that because you see them so much when you cover cover uh, sports, especially in the Big Ten. But there there are moments that just kind of make you go wow, and just what guys can do with their with their athletic ability, whether it be with their their arms or their legs. I guess that goes to the point of covering the Big Ten, and the big talking point, obviously, in Chicago now is with Justin Fields. How, how surprised were you when you saw that the Bears moved up to go and get Justin Fields? Because it's it's something that we don't really see the Bears do, go and get a quarterback that you can pretty much tell what type of player he'll be. We get the, like you said, the Rex Grossmans, the Mitchell Trubisky's, <laughs> but now there's finally a bit of excitement around the quarterback yeah. position or the future at the quarterback position for the Bears. So what did you make of draft night when you saw it all unfold? Well, going into the draft, I was just hoping that they would pick somebody uh, that could help them in 2021. Offensive lineman, cornerback. You know, I thought Greg Newsom from Northwestern would be a nice pick, especially since they lost Kyle Fuller. Uh, maybe a receiver to go with Allen Robinson, uh, another target out there. Because I, I, I felt like they had made their quarterback bed for 2021 with Dalton and, and Nick Foles. And then maybe in the second round, you know, get a David Mills from Stanford or uh, another of the next tier of quarterbacks that you can develop, that you have somebody in your pipeline uh, that, that might be ready in, in 2022 or, or, or 2023. Uh, so I, I was stunned that they moved up. Um, I was the last time they moved up and took Trubisky, I was just kind of mad because at the time they didn't need to do that. I yeah. thought they were going to take a defensive player back then. And this time I'm like, Oh my God, they think they're going to do this again. And and then as you're waiting, you're like, okay, how can they screw this up? <laughs> it's, you know, it's what, how of, can they screw this up? Yeah. It's Justin Fields or the guy from Alabama, basically, at that point. Like, what are they doing? And when they took Fields, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> I, I still wasn't, like, tremendously excited. I was just trying to deal with what they had done. And um, it, it took a few days just to kind of let it soak in and, and kind of listen to people talk about it and, um, and, and, and see what they did and the, and the chances that they took. And no matter what you do in the draft or when you make trades in professional sports, you always give up too much to get what you want. And, uh, you know, all the pundits are like, well, they paid a high price. They gave up too much. Well, of course, that's just, that's the way it works. But again, you 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 have to. At some point, you you needed to get a franchise quarterback, and you just you, know, you hope this is the one that that can be with you in ten years, still, you know, still playing along. But you know, but then again, they were able to address another need on the offensive line in the second round, and uh, they were able to do. You know, they I think they had a pretty good draft based on the needs that they have, but. Obviously, getting Fields pushes it a little bit higher, and uh, they, they should get a decent grade out of it now. Get the guy on the field and let him play. Yeah, that's that's a big thing. <laughs> and it, it goes to actually what you were saying. is A lot of Bears fans expected the offensive linemen to be taken, but the offensive linemen that a lot of people expected in the first round, they actually went and got in yeah. the second round. So it, it is a really interesting one. I guess covering the Big Ten, the, were you surprised at all that Justin Fields was 
the fourth quarterback that was selected. Like we had the BYU defensive coordinator on on the show two weeks ago, and they were surprised that um, that Wilson was going so high. They always expect him to go kind of round one or round two, but didn't expect before the pre-draft process that he would go number two overall. As someone who watches or watched Justin Fields play in college, were you surprised that he lasted to 11 considering all the traits that he does have? Well, a little bit because he does have a lot of athletic ability. Um, but you, know, you have to go through what each team needs. I mean, what, you know, who do they like? And you really don't know. I mean, you're splitting hairs at some point. Do you take Justin Fields or do you take Zach Wilson? Do you take, you know, the, I mean, obviously the 49ers were hot after Trey Lance from North Dakota State for a long time. Um, and that's somebody that they, they like. So they, they bypassed Justin Fields uh, for, for him. Um, so I, you're a little bit surprised, but, you know, in the end, you know, he fell there for a reason, you know, he didn't fit the needs of some, some of those other teams up there and, and, and who knows what teams are trying to move up before 11 to get him in the trade. You know, you just, those, those are things that you never, you, ne- you never find out because no one ever talks about them, but that's a fascinating part. It's like how many teams are actually trying to to move up and get him and what were they willing to give up uh, to, to, to get him. And maybe the price wasn't right for certain teams, but, you know, Justin, you know, watching him play in the big 10 against high level competition. And then, then the college football playoff, um, you know, he can, he can do a lot of things. He's got a little, got a little bit of Mahomes in him. Uh, he can throw on the run. He can use his legs. Um, he's got to keep him healthy. You gotta, you gotta, you know, you gotta keep him healthy. He's got to stay healthy and, you know, he's got to latch on to, uh, the system and, uh, you know, just as ma- make as many smart decisions as he can. And an incomplete pass is not a bad play. <laughs> so keep that in mind. An incomplete pass is not a bad play. Yeah. It's, it's, that, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry, sorry, Karen, on that, Mike, just we've heard so much about the positivity around Justin about it. No, it's everything's great. And we're all like the Bears fans are getting a bit, we're already putting him in the Hall of Fame almost. <laughs> If you were to, if you were to look at it from the other way around, and you've seen him in the, in the Big Ten, so is there is there any kind of flaw that you've seen with Justin Fields that you would go, that's something he needs to improve on and improve on quick? That that Nagy and the coaching staff would need to work on straight away. Is there anything that you would think would stand out? Well, from a physical standpoint, probably not. But it's probably just more of the mental part of the game. The game, you know, you always hear it from high school to college. The game is quicker. And yep. from college to pro, it's going to be quicker. So guys are moving faster. Guys are, are are in better position. So you have to be, you know, if you have to be 10 times accurate in college, you've got to be 100 times accurate in, in, at the pro level. Yeah. And you've got to make quick decisions. You've got to make quicker decisions. You've got to know where you're going to go with the ball. And you've just got to make your reads kind of really quick. And I'm glad that they're going to have some preseason games. I'm glad that he should be able to – to, to work out some things in that, in those preseason games to kind of gauge where he's at. Um, you know, I was thinking the other day, if uh, uh, when I was mowing my grass, I have three acres, so it takes me about two hours. So I got a lot of thought. <laughs> it's like, you know, if, if he's, you know, in, in preseason camp, if he, if he keep hearing that he's equal with Dalton and Foles and all that kind of stuff, he's got to play. But if you, if you keep hearing that he's behind and he's not, you know, he's not clicking with the offense or he's, he's not making the right decisions, then, you know, he's probably going to sit 
at least for the, the first first part of the season. Um, so you, you hope that you hear good things coming out of camp, that he's he's neck and neck with those guys and he's picking up things. He's, he's going to have, you know, he's going to have downs. He's just, he's going to make mistakes. He's going to make bad plays. You just, you know, Peyton Manning, you know, what, how many interceptions did he throw his first, first year with Quite the Colts? Enough. Yeah. Here, here in it, you know, here nearby in, in Indianapolis. So he, I, I saw somewhere where Peyton's rooting for one of these quarterbacks to break his interceptions record because he's just tired. Of, he's tired of having it. Uh, so you just got, you got to live with the, you got to live with the downs uh, and just, but just hope that, you know, he picks up on it enough, but I, I think the mental part's going to be the hardest challenge for him. He has all the physical tools and, uh, you know, I think those, those will come through. Yeah. It's an interesting one because you, you do think of it and I, I just listened to kind of Matt Nagy and we were saying it yesterday in one of our shows that he's gone on this little press tour where he's doing interviews or probably every single radio show, or I know he's been on NFL network ESPN, but one thing he keeps kind of bringing up is that when they'll know when Justin Fields is ready because he'll make people know. But then he does caveat that with, well, but it also depends on Andy Dalton. Going to what you said there, should it depend on Andy Dalton? If Justin Fields is showing that he's ready to play, even if Andy Dalton is playing really, really well, whether it's training camp preseason, start of the season, if Justin Fields is ready to play and they feel confident in him, should he be put in? Yes. I mean, if, if he's even, he's got to play. It's just, he, yeah. you know, he, does, he doesn't need to be better yeah. than Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't need to be better than any other quarterback in the NFL except the two that he's competing against in camp. And if he's if he's even, at least even with those two, then he has to play. I, I, I don't see why you wouldn't do that. Now, if he's behind, then, yeah, one of the other two have to play. But if he's if he's even and he's doing as many good things – that they're doing, or maybe more, or you know, it's not going to be perfect. I mean, he's not going to be 100% perfect. But you know, if, if things are even, he has. To, I think he has to play. He just you're you're not doing him any favors, and you're not doing your team any favors uh, because you want to put the best guys out there. And if he's one of the best guys, then he, he he'll be out there. Yeah, one of the interesting ones, and we we talk about this about a lot of people wanting Justin Fields to kind of start from week one and how important it is. I think we some people do need to temper those expectations as well, though, because we look at rookie quarterbacks and while we can say they're impressive, I just go back to kind of Justin Herbert last year, who I think a consensus is that he had an excellent year in terms of the fact that he threw for over 4,000 yards. He basically had a three-to-one touchdown to interception ratio and had, oh, in the higher 90s in terms of QBR as well. But yet the Chargers still went seven and nine. So it is still one of those that I think there does need to be, he does need to be given time, even if he is playing from week one for people to, you know what Chicago's like. That yes. <laughs> you throw one interception and people are like, get this bum out of the team. So like, <laughs> that, that's, that's basically what a lot of people are like. And I think this is one where I think people need to realize the process of this. It would be fantastic if, Justin Fields does come in early because look, everybody wants to see him play. But again, it goes to the point, and I keep making this one is when you start Justin Fields, that's it. You're not playing anybody else for hopefully for the next 10 to 15 years. So if it takes a couple of games to get to that point, I don't think it's the biggest deal. 
Um, I, do you do you agree with that in terms of people do need to kind of relax a little bit and not like overanalyze every single throw that this kid is going to make in his rookie season? You should come to a game when a Bears quarterback throws an interception. Oh, I know. And just how <laughs> how the world becomes unglued at that point <laughs> because they've already like with Trubisky and we go down through the list. They'd are they've already made up their mind that. He's bad, and anything he does is bad. And the first mistake that they make, he is—he should be thrown out of town as quickly as possible. Uh, but no, I, I, I agree. When he's ready, he'll play. And yeah. if it's if it's a first game, fine. Uh, but you know, I, I will kind of disagree a little bit. I mean, if he, let's say he does start the first game and plays, but does get in a bad situation and gets in a rut. Uh, I'm not opposed to, okay, at that point, maybe you do bring Dalton in to settle things down and maybe show show Justin how it's done if he can. But then you can come back to him later. I, I don't think you kill his yeah. – I don't think you're going to kill his confidence if you take him out and then put him back in. Um, it, it's it's just going to be part of the uh, the learning process and the, and the growing process. And – you know, if he's just making too many mistakes once he gets in the games, then you've got to get him out of there because at the end of the day, you do want to win. And you do want to, yeah. at least early on, you got to see what kind of team you have. you got to see if you can get in the playoffs, how, how that is all going to work. But if you get later in the season and you've been eliminated from the playoffs and Justin's your quarterback at that point, he to me, he plays through all the mistakes. You know, I don't care yeah. if he has 10, 10 interceptions in one game in December. You play through them, and you, you just kind of move on. Yeah, I, I wonder if a lot of the perception might be a little bit different than what we saw with, with Mitch because, sure, there was Bears fans booing him at the Bulls game the night he got drafted. Yeah. So at the, at the same time, I think this time Justin probably has that little bit of extra assurance in terms of with Bears fans because you, you've just seen – like you just have to compare the outrage to when Andy Dalton was signed compared to the uh, the elation of when Justin Fields was drafted. It is it is kind of crazy. Look, we just finished rookie mini camp. We we've spoken a lot about Justin Fields. We will kind of touch on him again, but there is one question here, and I, I have to bring you in on this one, Anthony, because I know you're a huge fan, but one of the questions is, do you think Daz Newsom can be the slot receiver over Anthony Miller? See, see, this is a tough one because for me, Anthony Miller shouldn't be in Chicago. Uh, that's just the personal thing I have. I think that, he, and, not, and not just because I think he's a bit not right in the head, but I think he actually would do better at another club. I think he'd do better getting a brand new start at a new franchise. In saying that, he is still at the organization he is a very good wide receiver. I just think, and I think you said this earlier on in one of the episodes, Karen, that he got overtaken so quickly by Darnell Mooney last year. Like so quickly that Darnell Mooney became wide receiver two within two or three games that I think there could be a chance for someone like a Daz Newsom to do that to them. Now, Daz, you don't know, going from sixth rounder into the NFL. I know Ryan Pace has a very good history of doing it. I just, I just see something special in the kid. I think you might find it would be in special teams first, and then it might get it might blown in. I think Anthony Miller might get the first few games as a chance, but I think he he only gets one shot at this. So if you start seeing drop passes, you start seeing wrong routes, you start seeing 
complaining to the sideline. You start seeing stuff off the field again, like on social media and stuff like that. I think that's it. They're done. And it's not even a question mark then. He's gone. They'll, they'll cut him instantly. Um, so it's all on Anthony Miller now. I hope. I really do. I'd love Anthony Miller to prove me wrong. I'd love Anthony Miller to go out there and be the player he was two years ago and, and really show us all. I just don't think he has the mentality for it. And I just like what I've seen from Daz Newsom, both from college days, but also from some of the interviews he's done, which is just... He seems to have that electricity about him, and, and look, let's see what he's like in the, in the camps. But yeah, I'm I'm a Daz Newsom fan, so I'm, I, I'd love to see it happen. But I also would love to see Anthony Miller do well. Yeah, it's an interesting one, Mike. How short do you think the leash is going to be on Anthony Miller this year? Because we've seen a lot of his yeah. mistakes have been kind of concentration. Yeah, yeah, it, it has to, it, it has, it has to be because. You look at all the players that they've brought in, and it all seems to be that kind of third wide receiver role. They're looking for more production. Do, do you think that he even should still be on the team after kind of what he did in the playoff game? Because, look, myself and Anthony have been, I think we've been fairly like the same on this, is that I expected both Anthony Miller and Javon Williams not to make training camp because I didn't think that, the Bears were going to allow both of them to continue after kind of what they did throughout the season. The fact that, look, Javon Williams did it first and it was a stupid thing to do. He should have been cut the minute he did that. But then for Anthony Miller to do it again to the same guy, when 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 your coach has spent time in the meeting room to basically tell people not to go for this guy because he's going to try and do it, and he punches his helmet anyway. I'm not going to say he punched the player because he wasn't able to do that. He just punched a helmet. So what what do you think about this? Do you think that Anthony Miller was lucky to even still be on this team? Yes. And if, you know, and maybe if they, if they cut whims when he did what he did, Miller may not do what he did. Uh, I mean, you've got to, you've got to send a message of, what you want your organization to be about, what your team, what you're going to let your team get away with, and that might be a bit of a failure on the coach, on the coach there, not to, not to take, not not to take uh, take care of that immediately because, you know, one player sees that, well, if I do that, I can still hang around. Um, it's probably no different than parenting. <laughs> You've got to. You <laughs> <laughs> Got to get your ground rules down early, and and if they don't obey the ground rules, then there has to be um, some sort of punishment or accountability, and um, and I you know I think that's something that that needs to be done, not just in football and society as well, but that's a different podcast for a different day <laughs> in a different universe. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, but both those guys, I mean, just short short leash, any you know, first drop pass in a game. They've already, you know, they. I think they've they've publicly, basically set the rules for him, because the, the was it the wide receiver coach a few few weeks ago just come out and said, yeah. you know, hey, he's got a, we've got other people here that can replace him, and if he if he's not perfect, then he, he's going to be gone. 
And and it's interesting that that um, Scott's the hawk edge. Like, I hope I got it right, my man. Um, has made a point because it was what I was going to bring up was about the discipline side of things. And we've heard so much from Nace, uh, from Pace and Nagy about the fact that it was about the culture within the club and they wanted to have the right people in the organisation. And we saw that a little bit implode near the end of the season, both on both sides of the ball a little bit. And there was just there was a lot more kind of back chat. There was a lot more comments going on. Um, from a culture perspective within within the Chicago Bears, and having been a fan for so long and watching so many things, is it something that you would have noticed last year being different, or is it just that's a team that's not doing well, not being successful on the field, is kind of taking out their coaches? Well, I, you can do all the homework you want on these guys, and they do. They they um, they, they go through them, you know, exhaustively about their character and they talk to numerous people and around them. But at the end, you don't know what makes a guy snap. You don't know what it's going to yeah, be. True. And if you don't see a college player get baited at all, then you don't know. You don't know what it, what the trigger is going to be. You hope that you've done enough homework that, you know, the character part of it, you know, but you, you don't know. And, and I'm all for second chances and I'm all for, you know, let's, okay, let's, let's find out the details here, what really happened. Uh, but then after that, you've got to be put on high alert that you can't have that kind of activity because you're not only going to ruin it for yourself at, with the bears, you're, you're probably going to ruin it for yourself in the NFL yeah. because no, no team's really going to take, they, they don't want that character situation on their, uh, on their club and their organization around their fans um, so you're really, you're just going to cut your career short. Um, and I understand it's a heated game and, you know, you want to do things, but you just have to, you have to be better. You just have to be better than the other guy. Yeah. It'll be, it'll be interesting. Sorry, Kieran. It'll be interesting to see what all the stuff's gone on social media with Darnell Mooney. Um, and some of, the, some of the stuff that's been had from, from corners that's done. I think what, what I love even more about Darnell Mooney is he said nothing. He hasn't got involved in any of it. And he's been tweeted to by players and other teams and by fans. And he said nothing. He's just got about his job and done his job. And I think that's an example. Alan Robinson, to be fair, is, is the same usually. Um, I know he's had a bit of a dispute now, but it, it's, a, it's an example of where we're going. I, I just personally think for the exact reasons Mike said, I don't understand why both Mr. Wims and, and Mr. Miller are still on the side. I really don't. Yeah, for me, it just shows there's and you mentioned it before, Mike, that there was a lack of accountability on this team where the fact that Javon Williams was allowed to continue playing even even after he made that ridiculous error from before, it, again, it, it makes me question at times, is, is this a player problem? Is it a coaching problem? And I think this is going to continue to happen if we see any more incidents of this. You'll start to see, I think, a lot of pressure be put on Mike Fury because, again, it's when it's one player you can kind of say okay this is one guy but when it happens to multiple guys then you kind of have to worry about kind of the room as well it's it is it is an interesting one. there's also the other the other thing about wins wins needs to get cut for all the touchdown passes he's dropped over the years look that's that's one that's one Mitch. that's the main that's the main reason that someone should shouldn't be making the team it's, well, Trubisky's best pass of his career. Uh, and he missed it, yeah. <laughs> and then the Saints used it the week. <laughs> yeah. But I, mean, I would say, I mean, accountability in the organization is not 
it's probably not there like it should be. You can go all the way up to the general manager. You can go yeah. all the way up to the owners. Yeah. You know, when they decided to retain, you know, Nagy and Pace. Uh, and that whole show that they put on at the end of, you know, <laughs> last year, uh, you're like, you're spinning, you know, your head's spinning. Like, well, who who's in charge? And then you got Ted Phillips chiming in, not making any sense whatsoever. And they're all reading off prepared statements. And they, they just, I mean, it was, it was, it was embarrassing. I mean, it was just really, really embarrassing to see that organization take the hit that it did. And, you know, maybe the Justin Field thing, Field thing has, has, has tamed that a little bit, but, you know, Pace takes no accountability for his screw ups. You know, Nagy did give up the play calling last year, but he's back calling plays now. You know, coaches are, you know, they don't like to admit when they're wrong, but you need you need to have a, a building of accountability. And, you know, if, if things are happening on the field, they're happening for a reason. That means other things are happening in, happening in the building that we know nothing about that is allowing some of this to happen. Yeah, I guess one thing that a lot of people have a bit of pause going into the season is the whole idea of Matt Nagy now taking back control of play calling. We saw last year where I think if we if we saw one more play on offense going to Cordarrelle Patterson, I think like that's how that's how Anthony lost all of his hair. It was just <laughs> it was just all these plays to Cordarrelle Patterson. But look, how do you feel going into the season as as someone that would go to all the Bears games at home? When you see kind of Matt Nagy calling the plays, what is your impression? Because he had it, he had that the first season that he was arrived. Everybody was kind of giving him all these praises for all these like crazy plays, like Santa Slay and all all the ones that he came up with. <laughs> all the defensive players wanting to get involved, yep. and then it, it just seems like it's gotten stale over the past couple of years. So, what does he need to do to kind of reinvigorate this offense? Is it just as simply as you have? having that new quarterback or is it a kind of a new mindset that Nagy has to have when he's calling plays? Yeah. I mean, he, he would, I compare him a little bit to the coach that I cover at Purdue, Jeff Brom. Uh, Jeff started in 2017. Uh, he was a very creative coach, very creative on offense. He would, he'd come up with a handful of trick plays throughout the season uh, just to kind of keep people engaged. And, and it was, a, it was a big deal. I mean, you had to be on alert for it. Uh, and I, I, similar to Nagy in his first year, I mean, you had to be, you, you know, if you're preparing for him, you had to be prepared, be prepared for these things and you have to work on them. You have to spend five to 10 minutes a week on these, on these potential trick plays or, or different kind of plays. Um, and like Jeff Brom at Purdue, Matt Nagy at the Bears, they've both gotten a little bit stale and they need to get back to who they are. And that's the only way that you can be. If, if Matt Nagy wants to, be a little bit more creative in the offense and maybe he now has more pieces to do it. Maybe he has the quarterback to do it a little bit better Then he should do it. It shouldn't be a, a series of trick plays, but, and they don't have to be trick plays. They just have to be, just be, just be creative, be who you are. And that's kind of the same thing here uh, at Purdue. I think Jeff Brom needs to get back to who he is and that, and that's part of it. And I think, you know, Nagy needs to do that. Just work with the pieces that you have. And if there are opportunities for, some gadget plays and and things like that, then then run them. No no harm done. I mean, I don't I don't think people will get bent out of shape. But you, you've got you can't be you know you can't be stale. And I think that's a good word for for what what the Bears' offense has been is 
they, they have been stale, but maybe uh, an uptick in personnel with fields will, will take that out of the equation now. Also as well, on that with, with the offense, I think a lot of comments have been made by Bears fans around the, the running back and the, and the running back room and the, the fact that we haven't really ran the ball that much, in which people have also put down to the, to the offensive line not having a bit of stability that was there to allow him to do that. Do you think now that Daniels is coming back and that the, the obviously Tevin Jenkins on left tackle um, and even Borum and potentially on, on right side and the kind of solidity that that could create, do you see us using getting back to that running room with, where there is talent? There is with Montgomery in there and, and Williams and people like that, and even Tariq Cohen coming back. Do you see us getting more into that side of things? When you mean be creative, would you include the running back and, and, and a kind of running the football as being that creative level as well? Very much so. Um, you know, David Montgomery is a different kind of running back. He's not just your straight-ahead guy. He's, uh, he likes to dance a little bit and then pick, find, find the hole. But I, I think part of uh, – not Purdue, but the Bears' problem last year was not having Tariq Cohen. And yeah. you didn't have you didn't have a guy coming out of the backfield that could catch a pass for you or you could – you could line him up in the slot and let him do some things. Um, so that may have cut down on their creativity a little bit. So if you get Montgomery and Cohen in the backfield, I think you have a lot more opportunities to to do more creative things. But they they do have to establish the run. They need to be able to run the ball. Um, and you know, and I'm not I'm not big on let's. Well, we got to run it 50 times for, to win. No, I, I think you you know running the ball to me is in. Um, it comes down to situational. Can you get third and one? Can you get third and two? Can you get fourth and one in the fourth quarter that keeps the ball in your hands and doesn't give it back to Aaron Rodgers so he can go score the game-winning touchdown on you? You know, those are the situations where you got to really improve. Yeah, you can throw out the numbers you want. Say when, when the Bears rush 25 times, they their the record is whatever and whatever. That's uh, that, that okay. That's great, but. Did you get third and one when you needed to in the, in the yeah. fourth quarter? Did you get fourth and one when you decided to go for it uh, in the second half? And that's what they need to do. And and that, but if you, but if again, but if you've done it a little bit during the game, if you build it up, then you should have more success. But I, I would expect more out of the running game this year, just because you're going to get Cohen back. And you know, really interested to see Cohen and Montgomery hopefully get a full season together in the backfield. Yeah, it's an interesting one because, and it actually kind of comes to one of the comments that is put here in terms of Juan Castillo. I think he was one of the coaches that you can actually look at last year and you saw some of those younger offensive linemen that actually did improve throughout the season. How, in terms of the offensive line now, we expect Tevin Jenkins to start at left tackle. You have a Fetty at right tackle probably, and then you have kind of your Mustafa, you have James Daniels and Cody Whitehair. How confident would you be in this offensive line because like we said we have a, a new left tackle and new right tackle starting this season after having kind of Charles Leno for 11 years on the left side having Bobby Massey on on the right side but we always say kind of football is one in the trenches so you have to have the best D-line the best O-line in, in order to be successful in the NFL so what would be your level of confidence in the offensive line right now week one against the Rams not high we yeah. do against the Bengals, pretty high. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to come down to who you're playing. You know, I, I think trying to run the ball that, or trying to have, you, you, you've got to run the ball a little bit. I mean, you've got to try. You can't just sit back and throw it 50 times in the NFL. 
So, you mean, you need to have some success in week one against the Rams, but that's going to be a hard game to have sustained success running the ball. If you can get it, you know, that obviously improves the Bears' chances to win that game. But, you know, the next week when you go against Cincinnati and then other other games on the schedule, you're not going to be – you're not going to face that kind of defensive line and that kind of pressure from the defensive line. Uh, but – you know, I, I the, the offensive line showed some signs last year. Now, not everybody's back, so you, you've got to blend that group together again. And you just hope Jenkins can can step in and contribute early. Um, and that goes back to you know what I was talking about at the first. I, I, I think they needed to to get some guys that can play today and help them today. And hopefully, Jenkins is one of those guys on the line. And they've and those other guys have, have uh, you know got an are getting enough experience over the years that they should be in a position to um, to really push it forward and have a consistent uh, running game. Do you think any other veteran should be brought in for more competition, especially when you do look at you have quite a lot of the younger players on that offensive line right now? I know there's going to be a lot of Bears fans that will be asking about, I know Morgan Moses was released by Washington today. But again, <laughs> the limited amount of cap space that the Bears have probably stop any sort of veteran coming in. But would you be content with just the way it is now where there's not really... I, I guess the problem that a lot of Bears fans have is there's not really any other options after Tevin Jenkins at the left tackle position, whether it's, look, he's going to start there, but if he goes down, they're in a little bit of trouble there because there's not really anybody that's a natural left tackle on the team. Um, yeah, I think, you know, the cap situation is probably holding them back from bringing in more veteran pieces. And if someone does go down and the chances are in the NFL and now a 17 game season, somebody will go down that uh, you're going to have to play uh, a younger guy. Uh, or just elevate somebody from your practice squad to to step in there and and, and do the best they can because um, they just don't have the room to to add a veteran piece. I, I don't think on the offensive line right now, and you don't and you don't know what else is happening on your team from an injury standpoint and whatever cap space you have left, you, know, you may have already used up because of another injury uh, somewhere else. So you, a lot of a lot of it in the NFL is just kind of put guys in, pray they don't get hurt, and then move on to the, move on to the next week and hope hope they're hope they're productive. But that's a that's an area I, I really do think they need to, to to shore up, and whether that's through free agency uh, or the draft, uh, I'd have been perfectly fine this year if they would their first two picks would have been offensive linemen. Yeah. Just to just to build that position up, uh, and then get a quarterback that's not you know you're not putting your quarterback in harm's way at that point because you've built up your offensive line. Yeah, I guess that's that's the whole thing is you don't want a, a Joe Burrow situation where excellent quarterback but has probably one of the worst offensive lines in football where he ends up getting injured towards the end of last season. Look, I guess. The, the one topic I kind of want to go on before we kind of finish up today, and we kind of mentioned it towards the start, is all the saga around Aaron Rodgers. So I guess when they look, it was the perfect storm for Bears fans when it came to draft night. 
you got you got to hear that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to be in Green Bay anymore, and then the Bears actually select a quarterback in the first round. So, I guess what was your first initial thoughts when all this came out? Because I know there was rumblings right after the Packers got knocked out by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers back in the playoffs, but it just seems like we still don't know what's going to happen with Green Bay and Rodgers. I think you're getting closer to the point of where he probably doesn't get traded this season. But then the question is, does he show up? Does he contemplate just not playing this year? What are your opinions on this kind of crazy story? Well, when it first came out before the draft, I'm like, hmm, maybe the Bears could somehow Matt, you know, get him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go, go, go draft some offensive linemen get another receiver or two and then work it out for either this year or the next year to, to get Aaron Rodgers in Chicago. Cause all you need is that one year, that one special year to, to make it, to make it all work. But then when the bears drafted a quarterback, it's like, well, that ain't going to happen. Um, I, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I hope he does leave the, the division. I mean, I'm really, I'm really rooting for that. I would love to see him traded to Denver and by the time I think the Bears would play Denver again, he may be retired. So, I mean, that would, that would be the <laughs> yeah. perfect situation. He needs to go to the AFC. He needs to go to the team where the Bears don't play that team for another four years. Um, but I, I do, you know, my gut tells me that in the end, this is going to work out. He's going to be in Green Bay. He's going to play for the Packers this year. Um, and then he's probably going to torment the Bears. Um at least in Green Bay, but hopefully not in Chicago. Uh, so as, as hopeful of I am that he would leave the division, I, I don't think he will at the end. I think he'll come back to a hero's welcome, and all that, that fan base will just even fall more in love with him uh, to go. Because they'll, 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 they'll work out what, you know, they won't work out their differences, I'll tell you that. But I, I do think they'll come together enough to, to make sure that he's he's wearing a Packer uniform this year. Yeah, I think that's a big thing. Is I, I have a similar thought. I think he does return to Green Bay this year, but I think going further from this year, it's still one of those that's kind of not known what's going to happen because he was upset last season. He comes in, plays amazing football, upset this season. At some point in time, he's going to he will get fed up of kind of whatever's happening. Cause it seems like he's just mad of things that are happening within the organization that I know it's, he's not getting built a team around him like Tom Brady is. And he sees like, he sees that and he questions the motives of the kind of general manager where they've drafted one offensive player in the first round in the last 10 years. And it's his replacement. So it's, it's a real tricky situation, but I do, I kind of agree. I think it's either, the Packers really only have one option and it's to say if you if you want to leave then you're retiring and we're not trading you because that's what you would do with your own franchise quarterback you it's very difficult to go and trade a franchise quarterback especially when you don't have an answer and I, I keep kind of going on this it just makes me think that they're not convinced that Jordan Love is kind of their next starting quarterback because if they were I think they would be probably wise that if Rodgers is really, really angry at the team and could contemplate retiring, it would be the time to 
get a lot of draft equity and also players for him. And the fact that they haven't done that and the fact that they brought in two other quarterbacks as well just tells you that I don't think that they believe too much in in Jordan Love. Anthony, what, what are your kind of opinions now about Aaron Rodgers? Because we, ha- we haven't spoken about this since draft night. So do you, st- do you still kind of think that there's a possibility that he's not with Green Bay? Or do you think that most likely they resolve any of their differences and he plays at least this season? Yeah, I think he ends up back at Green Bay. It's a bit of a drama that we've heard before from him and from Green Bay, if I'm honest. The only thing I will say is, I'm using Mike's example, and if he goes to Denver, wouldn't it just be so Chicago that we end up getting to a Super Bowl and waiting for us as Mr. Rogers? (laughs) Wouldn't that just be so Chicago? Um, And Justin Fields twists his ankle in the first minute and he's on there. Tyler Bray or something. No, in all seriousness, I think I think we've got a scenario where for the first time in a long time, Chicago looks like they had a good draft, very good draft. And it's the complete opposite up in Wisconsin. It, it just you get the feeling that there's a lot of discontent, there's a lot of anger. And again, I get actually I, I agree with Rogers in the sense of in what I think I read something in ten years he's got one offensive player um in the yeah. draft and it was his replacement, I think you said. I think that's, that's not right. The Jordan Love one is actually quite funny as a Chicago Bears fan because he obviously isn't rated. He obviously is not because I saw some trades that, that Denver were offering. And uh, good point, actually, Jobs. Good point. Winning it, winning against him would be even better. I get that. But it just there's something about it that I just have a feeling that we will see him in a Green Bay uniform. And as Mike rightly says, they'll love him even more up there. He'll have more cheese than he could ever want in his life. And uh, I think he'll be uh, he'll be a Green Bay Packer next season. Well, the, yeah. the, the, the Packers seem to go out of their way to alienate him. And yeah. I, I don't I don't understand that um, because of you know who they're picking and, 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 and all that kind of stuff. I just don't why I just don't understand why you would continue to poke you know the bees nest because the bees eventually do come out now they do have they do have control over him from a trade standpoint <laughs> and so maybe they're just they're just doing it and maybe they just sit around having fun doing it I, I i don't know but uh or maybe they just they want him to retire and not go anywhere else uh, so i i think he will be back in green bay to just despite the management. I mean, he'll just, he'll be back in Green Bay to play. The fans will love him. The management will hate him, but they'll probably end up winning 12 games anyway. Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I think we probably won't know anything here until it hits training camp because Rodgers probably won't show up to the mini camp because I think the most he gets fined is between fifty and 90000 But once it hits training camp, I think that becomes per day, and that's when it starts to kind of – add up so i think it's going to be very interesting to see what actually happens because a lot of people are kind of guessing nobody really knows because again we don't know what the relationship is between kind of the general manager and him and how toxic it is we hear all the reports in the media but then there's conflicting ones obviously with his kind of ex-players and stuff like that so it's definitely going to be one to watch. Look, as a Bears fan, it's always interesting to see turmoil happen in Green Bay, even though, like you said, Mike, the most probable scenario is that Aaron Rodgers comes back and Green Bay probably wins 12 games again. So, as, look, as long as as long as long they keep losing in one of the championship games, that that's fine with me. I don't need to see them in another Super Bowl. So, I, I, yeah. I'd rather have my own team lose in a championship game than watch Green Bay lose in a championship <laughs> yeah, game. I, 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 Absolutely. It's one of those, though, I think 
it's interesting to see if that does happen and he does end up leaving at some point that what happens with the division because you see the Bears have brought in their kind of younger quarterback the Lions are the Lions and then the Vikings have Kirk Cousins so at that point in time you start to see where there's actually the possibility for the Bears to build on maybe the foundations they're laying this season yeah I, I agree with that I mean, when you look at the, the potential quarterback situation uh in the in the north you know the Bears have have done a really good job against Matthew Stafford you know and they you know they've you know he's had some good games against him but he doesn't he doesn't strike the fear into you like Aaron Rodgers does and then okay. the Vikings Kurt Cousins doesn't strike the fear into anybody and you know the part of the rumor of the draft was that the Vikings were trying to move up to get yeah. Justin Fields Justin as well and so whatever happened there the Bears beat them to the punch so if you can get Aaron Rodgers out of the division and maybe Jordan Love is the guy. <laughs> oh, hopefully he is. He's not any good, but hopefully he's the guy. And then the, then, then the Bears can kind of take control of this thing and, and have the quarterback and have, have the pieces around them to, to get back to, to winning the division and being, being competitive in that you know, every, every year instead of kind of what, what's going on now. So that 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 would be the hope, but um, but you got to get you know Aaron to leave or retire for all that to happen, and you need Justin to you know be be the guy for the next decade. Yeah. Did you not hear though? Did you, did you not hear though that Minnesota got Kalen Mond? And Kalen Mond is supposedly, according to all Minnesota fans that I've been watching and listening to on Twitter, he is basically the next coming of everybody, and he's the greatest quarterback of all time. That's what I've been literally listening to. So, yeah, I'm with you. Kirk Cousins is a shocking quarterback. Kayla Mond is a second, third-round draft pick. Uh, we should get Rodgers a plane. He wants to go retire. He wants to go live in Miami or wherever, you know, somewhere warm he wants to live in. And leave us with Detroit because their quarterback is brilliant. So, except with, with the Bears, I would even say if that happened, I would say Andy Dalton would be the best quarterback in the North uh, if that was the case. And that is saying something. It's it is. It's an it's an interesting one because like I keep looking at the Jordan Love situation and kind of to to finish on this he's the one quarterback over the kind of there's only been I think three or four quarterbacks over the last kind of decade that haven't played in at some point in year one like even Patrick Mahomes got to play in that kind of seventeenth game of the season but the I guess the bad omen is the fact that he wasn't even activated for any of the games last yeah. season that's a that's a big kind of sign and then for them to bring in two quarterbacks in rookie mini camp is a little bit weird because you even had the bears where yes they had justin fields but they only brought in one other quarterback to come in as well you would expect that if your player isn't particularly ready you would want them having quite a lot of snaps and you wouldn't need three quarterbacks so it, it's a really interesting one kind of to move forward look it's it's been great talking to you mike do you want to tell everybody where they can find some of your great work oh uh great work nowhere average work <laughs> average. okay so uh, where can they find some of your average work well they can uh, they can follow on twitter at, at carmen c-a-r-m-i-n underscore j-c and then our newspaper website is uh, jconline.com uh, so those are usually the areas and always tweeting out work and stuff like that. So, um, 
yeah, that's 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 where you can find the best average work in America. Yeah, <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be very interesting once the college football season starts. Hopefully, it gets kind of semi normal this year and we get a full a full slate yeah. of games. That'll be yeah. Well, I mean, I, everything's trending in that direction where we're gonna get crowds back. They're already you know, announcing TV times for games, which is a great sign. And, I, you know, I think we're headed in that direction. Uh, may not be full, full capacity in every stadium in America, but I think I think you're going to see crowds back. You're going to get things back to as normal as possible. Um, you know, the vaccinations are, are doing well here in America. Hopefully they're doing well over where you guys are at and uh, throughout, throughout the world um, because – seems to be working you know at least right now yeah absolutely to go on on that to kind of finish off is there was a, a game announced today that in i think it's 2022 that northwestern will be playing against nebraska over in dublin so that'll be an interesting one because the last game got got cancelled because of obviously with the COVID concerns so that's always going to be interesting hopefully we get to see maybe a couple of players that would be kind of touting for that kind of 2023 draft as well so Look, it'll be it'll be very interesting. Guys, make sure you do subscribe to our YouTube page. You can catch all of our content either on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and basically all the audio forms are on kind of Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Thank you, Mike, for joining us again. As always, thanks, Anthony, thanks for thanks for joining me being the co-host on this great show. Again. Uh, the best way to end it here is this was the best average podcast that we that we've done so far. So, Great, we so, hit a home run, man. If it's average, we, we, hit, we hit a home run. Come on, C's, C's, C's rule in school. C's rule. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Mike. Man. Thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, pleasure. Great, great uh, being able to talk.